is the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Wargle, the Wisconsin football and men's basketball beat writer for the Rivals Network. It's October. It's officially game month for the University of Wisconsin football team. Badgers and Illinois will kick off on October 24th, depending on when you're listening to this, just three weeks away, less than that, for the Badgers kicking off the 2020 delayed fall football season. We're going to hear from Wisconsin offensive coordinator, offensive line coach Joe Rudolph here coming up towards the end of the show. Rudolph addressed the media on Friday along with defensive coordinator Jim Leonard. Joe Rudolph talked about you know virtually every position on the offensive line. A lot of interesting position battles going on behind the walls of fall camp. Ball camp closed to the media this year, so you just have to kind of take the news from players and coordinators and the head coach for what it's worth. But Isaac Arendo has been talked about quite a bit here in the running back room. Certainly the offensive line has to replace the interior three positions, both guards and the center spot. Joe Rudolph gives some updates on that, especially at the center spot too, where there's really no true heir apparent to Tyler Biotis now seen some significant reps with the Dallas Cowboys. Caden Lyles, is he going to be the answer for Wisconsin? We'll hear from Joe Rudolph here just coming up in a little bit. I kind of teased you last week about going into position previews this week, kind of breaking it down position by position. That was my intent until I had a conversation with Braylon Allen, the Wisconsin 2021 commit now for the University of Wisconsin football program. You'll hear our conversation here in just a couple of minutes. My thanks to you for listening on the, on this BadgerBlitz.com podcast. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all sorts of different things wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for subscribing. Thank you for listening uh, during this uh, Wisconsin football season. It's fun to be able to say that now. Wisconsin football season, it's here. Camp has started. There's some excitement building now after watching the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 play for the last couple of weeks. That Big Ten football is just coming down the road here very shortly. And I think that is exciting, too, for a number of these prospects who had their fall seasons taken away. Braylon Allen is one of those players. He was going to play this fall. Fond du Lac made the decision to move to the spring. Not all Wisconsin high schools have made that decision. Some are playing now. You look at Braylon Allen, who through this pandemic, he was able to kind of focus in on his commitment. And after verbally committing to the Badgers in July, became a big cheerleader for Wisconsin's 2022 class. But then he announced just last month that he would be reclassifying to the 2021 class. And he said, I am beyond excited and proud to announce that I am reclassifying and enrolling at Wisconsin in June. I want to thank everyone that has helped me get to this point, and I hope you all continue to support me and respect my decision. And he titled that post on Twitter a business decision. And it gets him on campus right away with some pretty good prospects in the 2021 class, especially Hunter Wooler, the very talented in-state prospect playing the defensive back position. And you look at now this Wisconsin recruiting class, Braylon Allen, like Hunter Wohler, four-star prospects, and now the Badgers have seven four-star recruits in the 2021 class. That, that number is the most in program history, and the Badgers are well on their pace to post their best recruiting class in the internet ranking era with this class. You look at Braylon Allen, 6'2", 220. He's rated the number 10 safety in the country and the number 154th overall prospect 
which helps the Badgers sit with the number 14 recruiting class right now in the Rivals.com rankings. So what led to this decision? I asked Braylon Allen about that when we spoke earlier this week, and here's what he said. Talking with my, my school counselor, um, going out to classes and stuff, and you know, just getting my schedule all figured out, and it came up that um, if uh, the classes I was taking, they were all NCAA approved, and I have enough credits to graduate. So, um, you know, the idea came up to reclassify, talk to my family, found the coaches, uh, all thought it was a good idea, so... Um, you know, we just thought it was probably the best thing for my future to get on campus a year early and uh, develop there instead of here for that year. Did you kind of make that decision after your 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 junior season was going to be canceled with football that you didn't want to wait too much longer, that you wanted to kind of jump in and, and get uh, get cracking on things? Yeah, that had a little bit to do with it. Um, it was, I, was, I didn't even really think about it before we had made the decision, but... Um, The Wisconsin coaching staff obviously were, was very excited to get you involved early um, and kind of be the start of that 2022 class. They have some really good safeties coming in. How excited were they to kind of bring you into that mix as well for this next year to pair with guys like Hunter Waller and different guys like that to really kind of fortify that position? Yeah, they were all pretty excited. Um, I, thought, I thought it was a great idea. Um, um, yeah, I mean, they're not really sure exactly where I'll be playing yet, but the plan right now is uh, to play safety. So they were excited to just get me um, paired up with Hunter this year so we could both play in the system at the same time and, um, you know, come at the same time and, um, you know, just uh, work together. It, it seemed like once you made that decision to switch, all the 2021 guys were really pumped up to have you and that yeah. just they kind of welcome you into the, the fraternity right away. What, what does that mean just to have these guys, that your future teammates, were just so excited to have you on campus a year earlier than they were expecting to have you on campus? Yeah, it's, it's real cool just to have that bond with them and, um, you know, just having them as excited as they were. It was really cool for me because, you know, just um, those are my brothers now. So I'll be playing with for the next um, three or five years. Uh, so just to already have that bond is really exciting, and we're definitely going to be able to do some special things. How much did the whole quarantine and the shutdown of the, with the dead period and the lack of recruiting visits, how much did that help kind of simplify your recruiting process and make you kind of really focus in on Wisconsin and your other choices and ultimately leading you to pick the Badgers? How much did this these last six, seven months kind of change your per- perception on the recruiting process? Yeah, uh, it, it actually helped a lot. Um, not being able to, to go to other places. You know, I, I had a feeling that at the end of it, Madison was where I was going to end up. But um, <clears throat> not being able to visit other places kind of just made me realize that I was for sure the place I wanted to be. And uh, I was lucky enough to be able to visit it as many times as I did and get as comfortable as I did with the coaches and the staff and the system and stuff like that. So I was comfortable making the decision, um, you know, it was, it was a good thing I committed when I did uh, so that I could make this reclassifying decision. 
you mentioned the coaches, and I know Jim Leonard has a big impact with a lot of these defensive backs that are coming to Wisconsin just because he's not only the defensive coordinator, he's also the, the defensive backs coach, and he played the position at Wisconsin for 10 years in the NFL. The, the opportunity to learn from him and to speak with him already, how much does that excite you that you're going to be in his position and that you can really grow your game under him? Yeah, that's uh, very exciting just to have the relationship I do with him. I know he's going to develop me into the player I want to be in. He's going to help me achieve all my goals. And, um, you know, obviously he's one of the best speed coordinators in the country. So uh, just, to play for, just to play for him is really exciting. Um, uh, we, can, we can definitely be one of the top defenses in, in the nation, if not the best. How do you evaluate yourself where your game is at right now as a defensive back? Where do you think that your real strengths lie that you're able to um, get the kind of ranking that a lot of recruiting sites give to you? Four stars, you know, top 20 at a lot of these sites. Where do you feel that your game is at right now that kind of warrants that type of uh, attention that you get? Um, I'd say probably just the physicality at, at that position. Um, Maybe the versatility, uh, just seeing different things I can bring to the position that I think other people might not be able to. Um, you know, I have a lot to I have a lot to um, improve on for sure before I get there. Um, but I mean, like I said, we don't really know for sure where I'm playing yet. But uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You said after you announced your decision on Twitter that you're still going to be a big cheerleader for the 2022 class. Have you been reaching out to guys over the course of the last several weeks, here in 2021 or 2022, telling them about the school? Guys that are kind of maybe, there's a lot of really good in-state guys um, that have offers here in the state of Wisconsin for that class. I'm, I'm assuming you've been one of the, the big cheerleaders for Wisconsin, talking to these guys and trying to get them to join you here a year from now or two years from now. Um, yeah, I've still been in contact with multiple 2022 guys. Um, I built some great relationships with them. Um, even some guys out of state, uh, I'm still on them, and they're still all on board, uh, even with me reclassifying and stuff. So, um, you know, I just let them know. Even if we're not coming in the same time, uh, I still want to be your teammates, and I think this is still the place, this is still the place for you, and How close do you think Wisconsin is to competing year in and year out and winning Big Ten championships, making the top four of the college football playoff, playing for a national championship? Do you think this program is pretty close? I mean, played in a Rose Bowl last year and second in the Big Ten, it signals that it feels that the program's in the right direction. Do you think that this recruiting class that came in and your next recruiting class, do you think that you guys could be that missing link to kind of help them get to that next level? And how, like I said, how far away do you think Wisconsin is? Yeah, I think uh, that's what we all think, and that's kind of, um, you know, we, um, sorry, we all, we are, are kind of thinking that, that um, we're going to be the class that comes in and gets Wisconsin over that hump. Like you said, we, we're in the Big Ten Championship almost every year. We're in the Rose Bowl, and, you know, we're, we're playing with all these, these big teams. We're just a few, few, um, you know, big big recruits are two positions away from finally winning those games and getting over that hump. And there's really no telling how far we can go after that.
That was my conversation earlier this week with Braylon Allen, the four-star prospect out of Fond du Lac. You can follow him on Twitter at Braylon Allen, the newest Wisconsin Badger commit. We're going to call him that. He's the latest to make a huge decision for Wisconsin in the 2021 class. Joins, in addition to Hunter Waller, the last Wisconsin commit, Al Ashford out of Colorado, defensive back. We're interested to see exactly where... Oh, and Ricardo Hallman, too, another four-star prospect. We're interested to see... Where Allen fits, um, certainly has the body type that he could move to uh, an outside linebacker spot, which would be extremely dangerous. If you can add another you know, 30 pounds to his 6'2 frame, he could be a, a pretty good prospect for Wisconsin on the defensive side of the ball. He will be a good prospect for Wisconsin on the defensive side of the ball. Badgers continue to keep the top talent in state. This is the BadgerBlitz.com podcast brought to you this week by MyBookie and the winning season returns at MyBookie. I've talked to you about this before. The winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers at MyBookie. Winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Week four of the NFL, college football, MLB playoffs continue to move forward. All of this, you can get in on the action using the promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, which is designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit only at my bookie. Wisconsin football, they don't have a point spread out yet, but the Badgers appear to be or should be heavy favorites in their opener against Illinois. Still a lot of things to figure out for Wisconsin, primarily on the offensive side of the ball. No Jonathan Taylor, no Quintez Cephas, no Tyler Biotish, and losing two senior guards leave a lot of holes to be filled for Wisconsin offensive coordinator Joe Rudolph and his group to work on over the course of the next several weeks. Joe Rudolph joined the media on a Zoom teleconference on Friday. Here is a playback of our conversation with the coach. Um, we haven't seen Isaac Garendo play a lot on offense yet, but Coach Christ and uh, the backs yesterday kind of talked about his development. What have you seen from him in the early days of practice here over the summer? The biggest thing I've seen out of him is big, big play potential. You know, he's, uh, he's an explosive player. Um, that's what I see, and now the now the battle is is going to be, can he be a consistent player, you know? And he, he, there's such great leadership in the room, starting with Coach Settle, uh, helping those guys to develop, but it's also Grosh and Nakia, and you know what I mean? They they take ownership of their rooms here, and that's what that's that's what I love about this program. So that they're as invested in in Isaac taking that step as as they are in taking their steps for themselves. So. So, uh, but that's what we're looking for from them, and that's that's kind of what gets us excited about them. And it's all in the same same frame. Hey, Rudy, you mentioned Groshek. I mean, he's clearly the oldest guy in that room, in the running back room. What has he provided in terms of leadership this off season, and as you guys get ready for the season now? He's a guy that that is. You know, it's sometimes it's hard to not just be in the moment for yourself. You know, and and to see things only in relation to how it affects you and what the outcome is for you or what your results are. He kind of sees the big picture. I think probably dates back to being a quarterback and being a leader of a team coming through high school, but he had that early on. 
And I think uh, it's it's a special quality. You know, he's able to get a pulse of, a, of an offense, of a team. He's able to unite guys across position groups, across the side of the ball. And um, he knows, like, leadership isn't just going to be him. So he does a really good job of incorporating guys in to share the same message. And he's uh, – he, he, he affects his team in, in a lot of different ways and leadership being big. Just wondering if any of the uh, non-senior wide receivers have stood out to you so far in, in camp here in the first week, and specifically what do you see out of a guy like Jim Ray DK? Um, I'll start off with uh, I think A.J. Abbott has taken a, a, a really good positive step and, and is growing um, in, a, in a really quality way. Um, uh, Taj has flashed at times and, you know, consistency is the battle, um, with him, but he's, he's definitely flashed and Elvis doing a great job, um, of really just kind of connecting with that group and, and helping each one of them in their individual ways to kind of grow. And you, you can, you can see that across the board and Jim, Jim was a guy as a, as a young player in his first year, he's already shown a a level of understanding and maturity that, that uh, you know, that that's greater than his experience level here in, in college. So uh, he's, he's been impressed. going to ask about all three running backs, but two were, were asked so far. So I'll just ask, uh, what have you seen out of Nikia Watson so far? Uh, where do you think he can get better? And where do you see his role being in this offense? Well, it's funny. As soon as you started asking that, the first thing that popped into my mind is that he's really hungry. You know, like he – he has a want to and an excitement and a hunger to, to, to take that next step and to be the guy. You feel that from him, and that's exciting. And then I'd say right with it, he's been really humble. He's taken coaching. He's really kind of wired in to, to Coach Settle and the coaching points and the details. And it seems like when I see him, there's a maturity in every rep that kind of represents trying to take a step in understanding and execution. So um, those are the things that stand out for me. He, we, he knows what we need him to be, and that is to be a physical running back. Like he has got to be physical. We know he's got some he's got some speed and some top end that that um, that he can flash, but it's that physical presence that's going to make him different, and um, that kind of sets him apart. So um, he's in tune with I, with with us, and and like I said, I'm excited for him. I'm excited where he is to this point, and I don't know he's going to keep growing from here. Hey, Coach, I was wondering if you could talk about uh, just John Dietzen. Uh, last time we saw him, he was uh, playing tackle for you guys. Uh, how, how does him returning to the team maybe just impact the rotation and maybe other guys you're, you're having to move around at different spots, whether inside or outside, just to, to accommodate him in the lineup now? Last time Dietz was here was 04. You know, he was playing next to Joe Thomas or Ryan, you know. He, um, it seems like it sometimes he shows up on some cut-ups through the years. You're like, holy crap, Dietz was, was back then. Um, Dietz, is, uh, he's come in, and he's just worked, you know, and, and everybody recognizes he just has worked, you know. And I've worked him at, I've worked him as much on the second team as probably anybody out of that group that I consider a, a starter. And he, he just works and, and – really sets a great example for the whole group about how you go about your business, um, how you handle things, how you are excited about the moment that you're in and not thinking too far ahead. And, you know, he's bounced around from probably go, both guard positions to both tackle positions through uh, um, through these eight practices just because 
you know, just not always being at full strength. And then at times we are. Um, so I'm really excited about where he's at and trying to be smart with him as, as he comes back in and hopefully settling him down into a position here shortly. Maybe talk about the tight ends yeah, a little bit. I can hit the tight end position for sure. Um, first off, um, Ferg is as good as I've ever seen him. Um, you know, he, Ferg's always fun, man. Like he is fun to be around and he, he loves to compete and, and, but he's, he has a maturity about him this year that, that is just a little bit different. You know, uh, I love the way he's moving. I love how he's executing, you know, he's in tune with the coaching points of coach Turner's really trying to help him to grow with, and he's showing it, you know, so I'm, I'm excited about where he's at. Number one, he's really taken on a leadership role in the room and, um, has helped guys, you know, you, you could tell like he's, he's helped guys to kind of take steps and, and um, it's kind of an interesting group behind him because there's a guy like Jalen Franklin that just moved there from outside backer. And, man, he flashes vertical speed, route running ability, and yet Coach Turner's really trying to teach him the blocking schemes and how it fit into the whole picture. And, and then there's guys like uh, Nolan Rucci who really showed that he might be able to be that physical tight end, you know, that, that Cormac Sampson kind of jumped into that role last year as an as, kind of like an extra lineman tight end type of guy back and forth, but, but he's shown that and done a really good job with it. And Clay Cundiff kind of fighting his tail off both at the Y and second tight end position. So you're like, okay. And then, you know, there, there's a group in there that has, that has been around that have experienced, you know, Eschenbox, a guy that could be in that 11 package that really, I told him, I just talked to him in the locker room yesterday, has a ton of ability but you weren't always sure who would be in the moment and start starting to show up, you know. So Coach Turner's doing a great job developing a group of guys, and you got senior leadership guys like Gabe Lloyd. And I, I, I like that group. I think they're going to be used in a lot of ways. What have you seen maybe growth-wise from Jack Combe going into his second year as a starter compared to, you know, last year? I would say the number one thing I see from him is uh, an anticipation. You know what I mean? Like – you kind of see it in his eyes. Like he's, he's seeing it deeper. He's seeing the play call deeper as it comes in and, and his anticipation has been really good. And so that's, that's, that's been fun. Cause I think that, that reflects, that reflects confidence um, in, in what's being worked with in the same way, you know, I feel like he's really in tune with coach Bud Meyer and, and what he's trying to help him develop with and get better at. I think, I think it's, uh, I think things are arranged in a way that's helping him to maximize the learning from it and understanding. And you just kind of see it, you know, his leadership was always outstanding and his confidence in what he needed to do. But I, I think there's a layer of understanding there that's right now that's helping him to anticipate better than he ever has. So I'm excited about that. Joe, given the off season you guys had with all the interruptions and uh, everything that's happened, how much did having the continuity for the most part on the offensive staff uh, as coaches help, in the preparation and getting ready for when you guys finally got back to the field? It was kind of fun, you know, like it, it's interesting when you come in the office, things, things get busy. There's a million things going on and everyone's working on projects and, and, you know, we, we kind of had, you know, every day, you know, every week we would have designated times that we would just work on something. So we had a chance to kind of grind through some things and really spend a lot of time zoom calls, much like this one. You know, but talking through ideas, it didn't have to rush. You didn't have to rush them to market. You know, you didn't have to get them in or decide what you're going to do to hurry up and 
have that practice and, and get those last details. But you could talk about, you know, what is it that you like or what do you think we need to, uh, to round out certain, um, certain packages. And from personnel, I just think it's, it's, been, it's been really good. And I think that the communication has been as good as it ever has. And, and I'm excited about it, man. We got, we got exciting and energized guys on this side of the ball. And, and I, think, I, I think their understanding of the bigger picture is showing up with the players that they're coaching. You lost three guys who started on the line in the Rose Bowl, but just focusing on the center position for a second. Yeah. Who are the guys you have right now you expect to be able to use their, whether it's one guy full-time or if injuries, if, if you have to play around a little bit, who's working at that spot? Yeah, well, coming in, I was thinking um, I had uh, Caden Lyles was always someone I thought could play in that spot and do a really good job. Um, Cormac Sampson was a guy that had played tight end extensively last year, but I think one game he actually played tight end and center in the same game, um, maybe towards the end, like got a, got a snap or two. Um, so he had been training there. Um, Joe Tipman was a guy that was uh, working that position and trying to kind of get the snapping down. And Blake Smithback um, was a guy that, uh, that had played in games at the center position. So that was kind of coming into – this this group of practices and as we got closer um you know Caden Caden battled his tail off and he's been a few things off season wise where he wasn't there for the bowl and he's battling to get back and like where he is right now I really do and, and I'm really impressed with him as, as a kid and as a competitor to get himself in position to compete for this job and he's doing a he's doing a great job of compete competing and so is Cormac Sampson like Cormac's doing a great job and learning. So I think there's great competition there. and We'll end up with a really good center. And I'm, I'm proud of both of those guys for being where, they at, where, where they're at right now. And then with those guys and how quickly they were kind of coming along and, and Caden being, being healthy enough that I thought this is real, um, I, I allowed Joe to – I didn't think Joe would get enough reps. And so Blake Smithback will become a third. It, it, you know, he'll get – you know, he'll, he's – He's funny, man. We, 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 we tease him a lot in a good way, and, and um, he's a tough kid and a competitor, and the guys trust him, and they know he knows. Even if he doesn't get a ton of reps, they know that he knows and they trust him, and that's, a, that's not an easy thing to find. And um, which, So that, those are the three guys that I'll rep the most there, and, and um, like I said, I'm, I'm proud of that group for being where they're at right now. There's some big shoes to fill, but they're, uh, they're, they're making that climb, steady climb. Joe just wanted to follow up on the line and uh, ask kind of where Logan Brown is after missing, you know, a bunch of time last year. Yeah, I, I'm I, honestly uh, every time you see Logs, you see you, you kind of see what I said in Grendo. You see this flash. You see this guy that'll do things, and you're like, whoa, okay. And um, and now it's going to be as and I tell and Logs will tell you the same thing. It's about trying to make him a consistent player. You know what I mean? And and um, yeah, you know, you're battling a little bit of makeup time from last year and, and a little bit of time from what we all went through uh, during the spring. But um, but he's taking steps, and, and I'm excited for every rep he gets because I know he's getting closer and closer to exactly where he needs to be. So he's been awesome, and I think he's really confident in what he knows. And um, that I think that's the first, first start of allowing you to get to that consistent play. 
That was our conversation with Wisconsin Offensive Coordinator, Offensive Line Coach Joe Rudolph on Friday. And just kind of finishing up with what he said there at the end with Logan Brown, I think that is really encouraging. I think that really excites a lot of fans who were hoping that Brown would be an impact player for Wisconsin this season. But with the amount of time that Brown lost over the course of the 2019 season, something we really didn't know about until the Rose Bowl when we talked to Joe Rudolph, um, and now without the spring practices, Logan Brown starting to get back on his feet, get back in a rhythm a little bit. Would be very surprised if you didn't see him at some point in some games this year with the number two offensive line if he's fully healthy. So encouraging for Wisconsin. Sounds like Joe Rudolph has a lot of things going for him. Just have to kind of wait and see how this group will mesh once we see him on the football field in just about three weeks' time. That is our show for this week. My thanks to Braylon Allen for taking the time earlier this week for a conversation. My thanks to you for listening to this week's episode of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. As always, log on to BadgerBlitz.com for all the latest on Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting. You can read my fall camp previews going position by position. They're up on the site now for subscribers. And also news as it breaks or as it becomes available will be posted on Wisconsin's fall camp from myself and other members of the BadgerBlitz.com staff. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation and follow BadgerBlitz at Badger underscore Blitz. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Until then, enjoy the fall weather, and we'll talk to you soon here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.